So Hello. Simon said I should I should bring a skull. Uh, apparently, the, the last time we did this, I did a really really long monologue. So he, he thought <laughs> I could do um, Welcome to the the LaveCon Veterans Podcast. Woo! This is the original Lave Radio team, um, minus our usual fourth wheel, Fozza, who unfortunately couldn't be with us this weekend. So uh, I'm afraid you're stuck with John, you're stuck with me, you're stuck with Chris. Uh, hi, John. Hey, how are you? Glad yeah, yeah, pretty good. You know, a few hours, but, you know, I feel like I've missed you. <laughs> Um, I, I love the fact that because uh, I thought, well, I joined the call like two minutes before. Um, you know, I you know, I got other stuff to do, and I've like got missed messages on my phone from Grant wondering if I'm not going to show up. <laughs> He's so panicky, but you know that's the professional in him. You know, he expects better. I, I, I was I was just saying before we went live. You know, you're you're, you're efficient. That's that's what you're. <laughs> I've never been described as efficient um. before. <laughs> My, my father was always a 10 minutes early man and you know and he used to hate it that i was on time so you know uh, well i'm always done. really really for job interviews like like quarter of an hour early and it and it annoys people if you're really early if they're paying for your time you know it's it's obviously hey chris good to see you how are you doing I'm doing good. It's lovely to see you all. Uh, it's lovely to, I, I'm really, I was just searching down under my shelves because I knew I'd uh, one of my little ornaments had fallen off. I've got my uh, I've got my badge from last year's LaveCon, so I shall definitely be wearing that for this call. I, to, to be fair, I, I did sort of think about oh oh you know I should I should wear something LaveCon. I should I should go and find and I just thought I have so much LaveCon stuff. Yeah, no. There's like, <laughs> this hat. There's this shirt. There's there's this yeah. this you know, this mug, this stuff, this, and in the end, it was just, oh, well, I, I've got to sort this out, I've got to sort this out, I've got to sort this, <laughs> you know, and all the merchandise ends up still in the boxes where uh, where they are, but... Um, are you sure? I mean, she's not necessarily on this, uh, this this part of the stream, but it looks to me like Karen is wearing all of the merchandise. Are you just storing <laughs> it on Karen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, essentially, that's our... <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest gin and tonic I've seen for a while. That's our, that's our, that's our deal. I'm upstairs and obviously in a merchandise-free zone, um, <laughs> and uh, and Karen is downstairs and uh, and and basically got it all all to hand, complete with crochet. You know, so, so uh, clearly that's uh, that's that's a feature, um, not a bug. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, no, we're uh, we're we're good. We're uh, we're basically we're. We're distancing, not not because we're being socially distant. We're distancing for 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 Zoom Echo purposes. So uh, so she's downstairs and I'm upstairs, and and I'm having to jockey jockey my devices a little bit because uh, as as some people know, I've been processing video for most of today. So uh, the author readings has literally just finished processing and just gone. <laughs> Uh, over to Grant for this evening. So, uh, so did yeah. it crash so, as I predicted? No, 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 no. It didn't. <laughs> 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 no, it was it was fine. It um it did take. A, I mean, when I I did um, I set it to render overnight, and so it had a hundred thousand frames to render. It did that, and then at seven this morning, I set it exporting, and it finished at about two thirty. So that gives you a sense of you know how much crunching. I had to do so. I just left the laptop to it, but um, yeah, it was quite a 
nearly an hour and a half of uh, of author readings with. And the problem is, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it again. I'm monologuing here. But the, <laughs> It's me. fine, Alan. We got an hour to fill. Just yeah, you, know. you, you, you like the Incredibles villain. How did you do it? You got me monologuing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm such a perfectionist in <laughs> when I'm doing readings and stuff that basically I put loads of little dissolves into into things. So of course it's got all these these blinking dissolve transitions in it and of course that just takes up all the eats all the processing so you know so i had to render it all out which you know me being me anyway hello to our audience hello to everybody um i am i am so sorry that uh, that we are basically just chewing the fat and not really talking much about anything in particular um but that is basically what we do um when we started this podcast i think we said that you know the the first couple of shows were essentially six hours of us just sitting and laughing, um, and I don't think it's really changed that much in terms of what happens when you get us together in a room, um, and uh, and that's lovely, and it's actually it's something that you know that you miss over a period of time. Um, we could probably do with discussing a little bit about Elite Dangerous. Um, we might want to discuss a bit about the game, a little bit about uh, what people are up to. But um, I think I think we should kind of do a bit of a catch up, really, and and just go around and sort of talk about things that we've been we've been doing that we've been up to in our lives, um, because actually they still do that on the show. So you know, um, <laughs> people might actually be interested in some of that. I promise I will try and keep mine short now that I have talked enough about video processing. Um, John, what have you been doing? What what have you been up to? Well, this is this was always going to be awkward, wasn't it? Because um, you know, although we're still managing to have a LaveCon of sorts because of COVID nineteen, unfortunately, COVID nineteen has really impacted my life because I work for the NHS. So mm. um, you know, that's what's been keeping me busy. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to do other things. I mean, I've been doing some coding projects and things like that. Um, you know, well, I might talk about that if we run, you know, if we run out of things to talk about. Um, but I don't want to bore everyone with the details. It's, um, but it's just been such, yeah, it's been a horrible situation. Not just necessarily because of the nature of, of the mm. pandemic, and obviously a lot of people have suffered. Um, but also, it's killed conversation everywhere you go. It's it's replaced weather as a British pastime. You know, yeah. you walk in anywhere and, you know, that's what everyone's talking about. You know, we couldn't avoid it last night on the Zoom call, you know. and um, But at the end of the day, if it's therapy and, you know, people need to talk about it because it's impacted yeah. them, I think uh, it's a good thing to do. So sorry yeah, to start I, on the downer there. but No, no, not at all. I, I think so. And I think the the thing is, is that with this 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 kind of situation that we're in, I did talk a little bit last night about this. You know, it means that essentially that we we don't see each other, we don't catch up. And LaveCon has always been, uh, John Lum was saying about this earlier, it's always been a kind of touchstone. You know, it's one of those things, if it's your constant in your year, then you can go back there and kind of go, well, what's changed? You know, and you can kind of talk to people and they'll catch you up on what's changed for them and you can talk about what's changed for you. And it gives you a kind of a barometer. Um and I guess the the thing here is that it's not just about what's changed, as in what what have you done in your life. It's also about well, how are you doing? And uh, and I think that's 
that's really important. You know, we actually, we need to, to have space and have time to be able to ask that, you know, it, it, it certainly, I'm sure it's completely changed the way in which your, your, your you know, your day to day work is in terms of, uh, of what's going on. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For people interested, I was, um, I handle uh, the data for all of the patients in Wales. Uh, so, of course, whenever somebody needs to send a letter out to all of the vulnerable people, they need to speak to our database and they need to query it and check all the data. So that's some of the stuff I've been doing. Chris, what have you been up to? How's things with you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like a lot of people, COVID-19 has basically just cancelled my, you know, pretty much my year. Um, mm. I was obviously, I, you know, I'd got in the last couple of years quite into working um, with a couple of different board game distributors going around to conventions, you know, throughout the year. I mean, you saw the Asmodee guys at LaveCon last year. That's the sort of thing I do probably, you know, probably two, probably on average a couple of times a month, I'd, you know, throughout the year I'd be somewhere demonstrating something. And of course that, you know, the entire calendar for board gaming and expos and conventions is just, you know, it's gone. Um, I've also had, you know, because of the situation with the schools closing, I would say a lot of my lockdown has just been, you know, um, just just parenting my daughter, really. Um, you know, that, that's that been that's been a huge amount of it. I did, you know, right at the beginning, I did get into um, a reading, a, reading an audio book because I thought, well, you know, people are stuck at home. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to produce something that's for sale. Honestly, I know this is really bad. I'm a bit too lazy to organise something for charity, so I just thought, you know, I'm just going to read this book. It's it's you know it was a, it's a um, public domain book. I thought I'll just read it. People can listen to it. People can enjoy it. Um, I slightly miscalculated because I, I had it in my head. The book was um, the Lost World by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, which is for those of you who don't know, the Sherlock Holmes writer. You know, also produced a number of, of you know science fiction um, novels. Um, I actually thought that because I used to have a, a paperback which was The Lost World and other stories. So I had it in my head that The Lost World was a novella. <laughs> and about three hours into it, and there were still no dinosaurs, I was like, because, you know, I was reading it on my Kindle. It's not like a paperback. You can see how far you're going. I was just reading it. I was like, we don't seem to be going very far. So I did a quick word count on the document, and it was like 75,000 words. I'm like, Oh no, this isn't a novella. This is I'm just producing an audiobook here at this point in my evenings just for the love. So um so that was, you know, that was fun. And it was good. I was it was weirdly kind of timely because in a funny sort of way, because I got to a couple of chapters. It's been a long time since I read it. I you know, I read it when I was um in my late teens. Um and of course it struck me when I started reading it how difficult some of the kind of racial language in it was. And then, you know. A few weeks later, you know, obviously the whole um, George Floyd thing happened. So, uh, yeah, it was timely to to read a book where written by somebody who's not even I would say he's not even racist. I mean, he's racist by today's standards. But if you look at his writing, he doesn't dislike non-Europeans. He just thinks they're inferior. You know, like he thinks they've he thinks they've got their place in the world, and he's got his place in the world. And it goes to show just how these views can be held by people who aren't even, they're not even particularly hateful people. They're just, they're just ignorant and they live in their own little world and, you know, don't know any difference. So I did put out a disclaimer on the beginning of one of the episodes, just saying, you know, this is how people talked back then. Um, and to be fair, the book is read, the book is written from, 
the first person perspective of one of the characters. So it makes sense that the narrative would would reflect his views. But it's still, you know, it, I still I still love it as a book. It is the original, I think, the kind of original dinosaur adventure book. I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but it's you know it's a fascinating historical take on what they knew about paleontology at the time. Um, but also, yeah, just an interesting slice of life. Um, I commented on one of the things that there was a there's a section in the book where they talk about how they would get rescued or how they would revisit this this strange part of the world where the dinosaurs. And it suddenly struck me that yeah, aeroplanes were a rarity. I mean, they'd made there's a comment in the book where he says if someone ever perfects the single propeller aircraft, we might be able to come back here much more easily. And it's like wow, that's you know, because if in a sense it feels quite modern, but sorry, I've just got into one about the lost world there, but yeah. <laughs> if, if you're monologuing, I'm not monologuing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But if anybody, yeah, if anybody cares, that's a complete that's a completely free audio book. Um, I can't think of the links off the top of my head, but if you go to the Radio Theatre Workshop on Facebook, it's, it's linked. Yeah, it's linked on the BSFA website because we did a, a whole. Uh, sort of gathering of, of stuff at the start of the lockdown and we've, we've updated that since then um, oh, so, yeah. so there's a bunch of uh, bunch of links up there that um that we can we can show people if uh, <coughs> if we need terms of, uh, yeah. of stuff um just well for me i'm in a room that i couldn't get in three months ago this is my office that was full of miniatures and just just wall-to-wall stuff um, I have, I have, you know, I think I said a little bit last night with a few people on the uh, the chat that came in last night. I have basically um, put up shelves. I have, uh, you know, I've 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 lost a lot of weight. Uh, I've clearly lost a lot of hair. Um, I've done a bit of writing. I we've continued to work. I mean, the the thing is with universities is that you know we were at the back end of the term and. Uh, so, so it was a little bit fortunate. I, I only had a couple of things to sort out, but um, we were a little bit fortunate. But uh, we still have the students working, so we're still marking the work. We're still going through the work. One of my colleagues decided to go on maternity leave, so I ended up covering for her. So, uh, so yeah, so I've actually been busier than, self, you know. Self, the, self, self. <laughs> yeah, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, couldn't, 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 you know, hold off. Um so anyway, so uh, so yeah, so I'm covering for her. I'm covering for her till January. So um, you know, since March, everything as everybody else has had has been socially distanced. And actually, Chris, you know, we basically saw each other. That was the last occasion that uh, um, you know that I was really able to do anything very social. In that um, you were interviewed for by some of my students it was one of the last things that we were able to do. And um, then of course you know we kind of locked everything down, and um, now I'm I'm doing lectures every week. So I do lectures, and all my my podcast skills I utilised in recording my lectures via audio. So I'm recording sort of long, long lectures. So I, I get my monologues out doing that um, in terms of uh, of stuff. Um, but yeah, so we've you know Karen and I have have, have been embarking on a, a kind of an upgrade to the house in terms of the stuff that we're doing. We've put together things for LaveCon. We've uh, sort of started to, to, we've done a lot of crafting projects. She's done quite a lot in, you know, her crochet. I've been making stuff, which is why we have the Fire Demon workshop later on, which people can kind of see how I make Fire Demons out of tissue paper. 
And um, yeah, so, you know, and I'm even. <laughs> so, you know, the, um, uh, the daytime TV show at about five o'clock called Money for Nothing, where they get stuff out of skips and they, they then make something new out of it. So we had an old desk out in the, uh, out in the conservatory. And so I decided I'm going to turn it into a wooden filing cabinet. And I'm kind of halfway through. So some of the bits, here's the top. <laughs> you know, uh, and here's the bit of the old desk. Here's the bit of the old desk. Yeah. Be, it was a, a two-drawer and a two-drawer and a big desk. It's now going to be a four-drawer filing cabinet. So the, the, the drawers, I've just hacked the bottom off and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So it's the things that you do, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, I've certainly not been, I've been quiet. We're also writing more, you know, there's, there's stuff to do for, for Jupiter Skies, the stuff to do for um, the sequel to the novel that, um, that I'm going to talk about tonight um, or that I'm reading from tonight. So yeah, you know, it's, it's been really busy, but it has also been really hard because like, like everybody, you're just not seeing people, mm. you know, and that's, that's pretty tough. So I, I, I got to see, for the first time in sort of four, five months, I got to see my mum last weekend, uh, which was, was lovely, you know. And um, so, yeah, so we spent the day down there uh, last Saturday and, uh, yeah, for the first time in, in like forever. And I'm probably going to go down in the week this week because she needs her, um, her internet upgraded. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to upgrade her router. But um, we bought her a Facebook portal just before this all started, and uh, it's been absolutely invaluable because we've been able to actually see each other, you know. And she's not that technologically minded, but um, no, it was great to, you know, great to be able to see her and, and stuff. So, yeah, so that's, that's most of the things that have been going on here. But I have got back into my games. You know, I am sitting here at the moment. I've got my, my, my office games machine. I have the, the one in the attic, which is just above me, which I've not yet got back to um so that still needs to be uncovered and 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 rebuilt and and everything else but the um the second games machine is here and um yeah I, i've i've actually just started to to replay computer games in the last week or two and i'm kind of catching up on games that i stopped playing in 2014 in 2015 you know because <laughs> i really didn't have time you know and and so now i'm starting to get some time which is is really nice um, over the summer, so I'm hoping that that will that will continue. Yeah, one of the in terms of gaming things, I've been sort of looking gradually through. I don't know if anyone saw on Itchio, they had a, the they call it the yeah. bundle yeah. for Racial Justice and Equality. Yeah. I've just yeah. been on there to check the URL. I've seen that it's now it's like a humble bundle, but obviously it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm saying for the benefit of the audience. Um, so it's a thing where you know your minimum donation is five dollars, but you can. You know, you can obviously donate a lot more. There are now one thousand seven hundred and forty-one games in that bundle. Yeah, I mean, you know, essentially, if you played one of the games that's in there every day, <laughs> it's going to take you like four years to play all of them. So I've just been going. I've been going through and cherry picking. You know, some of the things that are really interesting, and uh, there's some really nice games in there. There's a there's a really fascinating one, which obviously stood out to me because it's it's turn based tactics and that's you know in terms of video gaming you know that's my thing um and it's called overland and it's this really have you seen it no 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 okay. no, no, no it's really interesting i thought you were going to say a different one um which i'll i'll mention in a minute but you go on no it's a few in there that are great but i mean overland is a sort of 
you look at it and you think, oh, that looks a little bit XCOM-y, but it's not really. It's this game where you're, it's a bit like a zombie survival game, but they're not zombies. They're some sort of weird mutants. And each little scene is a little square, like a tableau. And every time you move, the monsters move. And you have to, it's basically like, it's kind of a bit like the road. You, you've got this car and every time you stop, you have to like find fuel and medicine and just try and keep going. Um, and it's a really, it's a really fascinating little game. No instructions to it. So you've got to just, you know, learn the rules as you go. But we were talking about Walking Dead earlier. There's this, you know, really interesting concept where you're sort of driving along this deserted highway from the east coast of America to the west. And every now and again, you'll pass people who've got like their boot, their car open and they want to trade items with you. And you pick up more survivors along the way. Sometimes you have to abandon people. It's a really interesting, you know, heartfelt little game. Um, so yeah, love that. That's so. Do if you haven't checked it out, go to just do a search on Google for uh, Itchio um, Black Lives Matter, and it will come up with the bundle. And it's just it, it. This isn't well, as far as I know, this isn't like big studios. Most of these are games by like one man bandit kind of you know uh, game designers. Um, and it's really amazing to see just so many people supporting it. Yeah, there are a few extras in there. I mean, um, Fire Rescue is in there, which is a turn-based um, uh, scenario oh, yeah. game, which went to went to Fig, um, and it was actually oh, yeah. it was the Fig project. It was the Fig project that was being promoted just after Phoenix Point, which is why I remembered it. And um, uh, turn-based, you know, Fire Rescue. Uh, game with fire rescue scenarios which look really good and had really really interesting ideas um and yeah there's i mean there's a load of others there's quite a few that are resource based so i think mm. i i put it to you didn't i john i i tipped you off about it but i think you'd already found it has he disappeared he's did muted he did he go to sleep what did he do i'm um, sorry i i muted myself so i wasn't breathing or anything um uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd seen it already because, you know, it, uh, a lot of people were talking about it because it was, you know, it's a really good deal if you, if you know, just paying the five or ten dollar uh, minimum. Uh, and it's, it wasn't just games. They'd thrown in some um, assets for game developers and stuff. And even if you're not going to use those assets directly, you can hack them apart and make other stuff with them. So I thought it's worth the money. You know, it's a good cause. And I might get around to playing one of the games one day, or give them all to my son. You know, he loves. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, there's. I thought there's quite a lot in there that um, that you could, you know, that you could use, and um, you know, such a variety of uh, of different things. But um, yeah, just uh, just picking up on the chat that the 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 bundle offer ended on the 18th of June. So you know, I'm afraid we're in we're in now a, uh, and you know, an exclusive club in that we 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 picked it up, but. Um, Lovely. I mean, for me, even just seeing the itch.io, how it works, you know, in terms of site, because you've been recommended to me by somebody else and I'd not really been on there and not seen the stuff. Just seeing how it worked was great, you know. So um, I've got, I've, I think I've bought, um, I've bought print and play board games off there before as well. There was quite a lot of role playing uh, game supplement content in there. So, you know, it was a good few things that, um, mm. that people could make use of. And, and certainly, you know, if you're if you're working on your own things, then you know there's there's all sorts of, of stuff to inspire you uh, in terms of, of yeah. what was there. You might um, appreciate the fantasy hex map editor that I found in there. The thing called Hex Kit I was playing around with. It's quite cool. 
<laughs> I've got. I'm a bit spoiled there in that I've got. I've had campaign cartographer for uh, many yeah. years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, essentially campaign <laughs> cartographer spoils me rotten uh, in terms of being able to do stuff with them um, uh, for RPG mapping and, uh, and what have you. But anyway, we should uh, we should we should probably stop stop on the, the, the divergent uh, uh, way in which we're going. If we incidentally, if we were worrying about covering an hour, we've done 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> about this. I worry you know, every year, but I, I shouldn't really, because we always manage it. <laughs> <laughs> we just sit and have a chat. You know, that's what happens. So um, elite things. Okay, so so stuff that's interesting in, ter- in terms of uh, elite dangerous and in terms of the, the community that they're here. Um, things that, that we've had go on. So um, Karen has probably talked a little bit about the fact that um, she's she's been talking with Frontier over the last few weeks, um, she has managed to obtain lots and lots of ship skins. So it's quite surprising to me. And this was, this was, was interesting because obviously over the period that we, um, we've done LaveCon, Frontier have been really generous in providing those ship skins to us, you know, the, 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 the Lavian flaming look, uh, ship skins. And of course it's happened over a long period of time. So now there's quite a lot of them and, you know, and people have missed, a lot of the different years. So she, she basically went back and asked them about uh, quite a lot of the different ship skins, mostly so that she'd have things to go in the raffle and, uh, and for, for other content. And, um, and yeah, so we've, we've managed to sort of get all these things. And it, it just shocked me at how many they've produced for, you know, in this theme for, you know, for, for LaveCon. It's uh, pretty amazing. So um, if you're missing a ship skin, ask, ask Karen, you know, um, or is she is she over there? You know, some, somewhere there'll there be a window. Uh, oh, you make uh, a terrible YouTuber. You don't know which direction to point. <laughs> was it was it a chow? You're supposed to do, isn't it, or something? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Link up here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's uh, um, tabletop minions or whatever. I think is you know in terms of, but yeah. So you know, it's just interesting to to see how. You know, well, it's been <coughs> supported over such a period of time. Um, and obviously, I, I guess you guys both watched the Odyssey video and, uh, and have seen yeah, the yeah. in terms of what's there. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts? Go on, you go first, Chris. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's really interesting. I think, you know, that whole, I mean, obviously, there's the whole Space Legs thing. Um, being able to get out of the ship and walk around is, is something that a lot of us have been waiting for for a long time. And, and you know, I think regardless of what, shape that takes it's going to be really interesting to just see it and experience it same way you know first time we got down on surface of planets you know with with srvs that was a a fascinating experience in itself um i still you know being quite honest cards on the table i still personally struggle in terms of long-term gameplay to kind of get my head in really the sort of the multiplayer leaning that the game is now even you know even more um but it's it's still one of the most beautiful games around and it's still you know <laughs> um it's been such a long time honestly since i've played it that i'm actually really looking forward to going back in because i think it's going to be a very different game than the last time i saw it um so yeah. at some point you know when i've got i say time because obviously in a sense all we've got at the moment is time but i mean <laughs> uninterrupted child free time to sort of get into a game for several hours um, I'm going to be fascinated to take a look at where it currently is because I haven't seen the incremental changes over the last year. 
um, it'll be it'll be a big surprise. So you're you're kind of getting into my boat in that regard. In that you know, every time I go in now, it's oh, <laughs> look at all these things that I you know because it's like visiting a town that's basically that's um you know that's building a new I know new office block or a new yeah. you know everything else you know because I I just don't know you know I've not followed and not kept up to kept up to date in terms of the detail. John, what were your thoughts? Um, well, I thought it looked good. Um, I was, you know, I'm, I'm slightly conflicted. Um, you know, I, I'm not angry or anything, but um, it, it, like the kind of development, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, the, the path they've taken, like ships carriers. I, you know, I don't play with a lot of people. You know, and even if I did, you know, I don't, you know, I don't go online enough to do something you know great as a community um so it was so i wasn't interested in the ship's carrier stuff but this you know could be interesting for me um you the one the first thing i was looking at was what is the atmosphere like what is the planet like you know um i suppose in one you know i was a little bit disappointed because it was just a, you know it was just a rocky planet and i'm thinking oh well i'd rather have planets with stuff on to look at apart from rocks um you know What's the point of getting out of your your ship if you're just walking around? Because you can already go out in a buggy. So I I, I wasn't quite sure. So I, I guess I'm waiting for more details on what's actually going to be involved. Um, I, I was originally sold on the idea during the, the original Kickstarter that we would um, eventually be able to get out of our ships. But people have interpreted that different ways. Some people are talking about how they can walk around their own ship, mm. which is interesting. You know, we've played some of those other games where you, you work as a team on a ship. Um, Pulsar. Pulsar, that was it. <laughs> um, you know, so that could be an interest. If they do something like that, that's interesting. Um, when I, for some reason, when I thought about getting up in first person mode, it wasn't like this shoot 'em up idea necessarily, like a kind of star citizen thing. It was a, you know, maybe get up from your ship and walk around a space station and build social features into space stations, meet up with your buddies. Um, but that's hard to do, you know, well for uh, a games development company because. You've got to make people want to get off their ship and use it and see this content and use this content. But at the same time, you don't want to be forcing people to do it because some people are going to say, well, you know, I don't want to, I just want to fly my ship. And you can't lock missions behind a guy that you've got to go off your ship and go see on the station because then people will be a bit miffed that they've got to do that. So how are they going to pull it off? How are they going to make it relevant you know, if they do something like that, I don't know. So that was my take on it. But I do think the game needs to evolve at least more than what it was when, you know, with Frontier and First Encounters. Um, I think in some respects it already has evolved further than that, but in some respects it hasn't met my criteria either in that I haven't landed anywhere and seen a clock tower or uh, a big dome, well... Yeah, you do see some big donors, but you know what I mean? There's no lush green grass or trees anywhere, which I kind of, although it was very crude on a 16-bit Amiga, my, my imagination filled in the rest. And so, yeah, I think that's what I'd like to see. I mean, um, just I, I should I should pimp, uh, uh, if, if people are desperate for space legs, then obviously Pulsar Lost Colony 
is available on Steam for eleven pound sixty nine. If that's uh, you know, oh, that's worth it. Yeah, I, I I absolutely love when we we had some of those games at Pulsar. It's just great fun in terms of going, you know, um, a late night with three of your friends, just you know, wasting your time beaming down to planets, and then somebody clearing off with the ship and leaving you yeah, there. Well, this came up. This came up during lockdown because one of the things that has kept me sane in lockdown was the fact that. Thankfully, a new Animal Crossing game was released literally the first weekend of lockdown, which has been goodness knows what this year would have been like for me without Animal Crossing. Um, but I was playing with Fozza. I mean, Fozza's not here, so I'm not going to talk him down too much. But um, Fozza came and visited my island and he wanted to interact with something and he couldn't because you have like these different settings with friends. And it's only people that you make like best friends that have sort of editorial control over your icon. So Fozza's like, are you going to make me best friend? I'm like, no. He's like, why not? I'm like, I don't trust you. And he's like, oh man, that's harsh. Why is that? I said, do you remember, do you remember GTA five? So, like, oh yeah. I said, do you remember Pulsar? Oh yeah. I said, yeah, those are all the reasons you're not going to be a best friend on my island. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what did I do in Pulsar? I'm, like, I'm pretty sure the first thing you did was went down to the engine room and turned all the coolant for the reactor. <laughs> <laughs> just saying <laughs> yeah i think i mean going back to odyssey and going back to the update mm. for, for odyssey i just I, I give a little bit of a take here I, I think actually in terms of development it's worth uh at least considering that, that frontier have made a bit of a rod for their own back in some respects because you know one of the things that elite dangerous has kind of tried to use as a usp is its hard science fiction um you know sort of bent you know it's 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 theme of hard science fiction with generated gravity with um you know all of those other things and actually we talked a little bit about this early on in the development cycle when they started to say about oh you're going to be able to land on planets you're going to be able to to do this you're going to be able to explore around your ship and we saw some of um josh attack's original concept art of the interiors and stuff and you know, i was kind of sitting there and going okay so you're going to do fps kind of fps or or not necessarily shooter but fp you know movement around the ship in zero gravity that's a bit different how are you going to do that then and of course you know when you think that all of the control movement of that kind of process is is reliant on somebody essentially having one axis which is i am on the ground pretty much fixed you know sure okay people jump and they, they, they leap and they do other bits and pieces. But the majority of that axis is fixed. That's actually quite hard to manage in terms of, uh, of what you're, you're, you're trying to do. And then if you're going to be accurate on all these other planets, that's variations of gravity. So you're not just talking about, you know, Earth-style gravity. You've got to kind of think about, oh, well, you know, is it 0.5? Is it 0.2? Is it, you know... And I guess that's a bit easier when you've got, you know, um, a little bit of gravity to work with. But um, it does mean you've got to do an awful lot of thinking around a lot of different types of... So I, I think they, they've essentially gone a similar way, or at least it looks. And I'm mean, being a little cynical here. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give them a bit more, uh, a bit more carrot in a moment. But uh, it looks a little bit like they've, they've locked it down into a particular, well, you can do it here. And by doing that, we can control the space. And so by, by controlling the space, it means that 
the the experience is only this type of experience which is kind of similar to how the SRVs work and you know and the fact that it's not built up areas and so on and so forth so it doesn't disturb the kind of general populace idea now one thought here and you know I, I'll broach this carefully okay and this is meant in the most humorous sense not in a serious sense <laughs> at all okay? oh yeah um, you know given that we are in a socially distant environment, which is causing us all to effectively to, to operate in these small spaces. Um, is there a, is there an analogy in relation to the commander continually operating in this small spaceship and never going into a bar, never going into a city, never going into a public space? Maybe they, 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 they need to think about their fiction and invent some kind of, you know, contagious disease. Space that means that nobody, Yeah, yeah, that means that nobody can congregate, which that would allow them to, you know, to kind of sell this idea that, you know, you're never going to go into crowds and you're never going to see all these massive populations in these cities because they all sit at home on Zoom. Well, that would be interesting, but I wonder in the future, you know, you'd still have people wanting to meet up. You'd have to create a virus where the effects were so horrific like 30 seconds after you got it, you had explosive diarrhea and then death or something. You know, people eventually will, like, just get desensitized to it, like they already have and we've seen in the real world, and they're just like, oh, it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, that would be quite interesting. How, how much of a nasty disease would you have to make it to make that actually believable? And I'm 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 being very very facetious here, and I recognise I'm being very facetious here. I, it is it does I, in all seriousness it does kind of lend itself to a a small thing that um uh, that has been an interesting observation for me because of course you know and I've said this a couple of times I spent the last three years writing um, a computer game where uh, the world is attacked by a virus that turns everyone into crab people. And, um, and, and basically that, that you know, that, um, uh, that then you fight by joining one of these factions and kind of try and take down the hive queen, you know, so I, you know, I spent three years working on Phoenix point, researching an awful lot of articles on virus behavior, on people's individual circumstances, on when they get infected and how that, how that manages and so on. And honestly, just like pretty much every science fiction writer, when it actually happens, Seeing how societies react, seeing how it all works, seeing how whether whether the plans are good or whether the plans are bad, seeing how the plans work and how they affect individuals in terms of their lives, we we have no idea. You know, we had no preparation. There, there's so many things that you you realize are kind of day to day things that people have to do that you just you you never never thought about. You know, in terms of when you're trying to describe a fiction where that kind of thing might happen. So yeah, you know, it, it it's kind of, you know, it's interesting in terms of, uh, uh, of all of these things, but yeah, I, I, you know, in all seriousness, I don't think Frontier can use that as a, as a, as an excuse. And they're probably best, you know, steering well clear, uh, to be perfectly honest, but, um, no, I'm quite excited for what I've seen. I think it, I think it does look cool. Um, one of the most exciting things for me, and I, I'm a bit sad here, when, because I, two of the games that were formative for me over a period of time when I was, I was young were Elite and then later Carrier Command. 
And when I'm played, even though the remake of Carrier Command, the Gaia Missions remake of Carrier Command, there are things about it that aren't great. But when I got to play it, and I got to get out of the carrier and walk around with a machine gun and then get in a Jeep and then, you know, go and go and do other things and, and, and operate a robot and so on. It just blew my mind because it was I was thinking about the straitjacket, the kind of the imagined thing that I had when I was a kid, you know, when I played the game. And suddenly I had the same story, but this this expanded set of abilities, this expanded set of functions. And I, I think, you know, certainly for me, Elite has always, has always kind of, when it starts to fulfill that, when it starts to give me that expansion, when Elite Dangerous gives me the extra that I didn't have, which kind of chimes in with what you said about Frontier, John. When it gives me the extra that I didn't have, then then I start to to be amazed, you know, and then it starts to to hook the imaginative part of my mind again uh, in terms of what's there. You know, that's the stuff I love. Um, in terms of what what happened? Oh, did I did I kill the conversation? No, no, that, <laughs> I'm taking it all in. <laughs> was that too much gold? Was that was yeah. that too much gold? Was it me and me and Yorick uh, over here? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So no, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I'll certainly be you know be playing it uh, at some point. I, I I have to confess, and I said this last night. So apologies to those that were there last night. I'm still flying my Cobra. <laughs> I, I haven't upgraded from my original ship, so you know, um, yeah, you know, at some, some at some point when I get that computer all sorted out in the attic again, I've got to got to do something about that. But um, you know, hopefully, it won't be long now because because these rooms are getting sorted, so we're you know we're getting back to to, to putting life back together in terms of, of things. <laughs> um, so other things that um, that we can kind of talk about relating to to, to stuff that's here, um, I think. I mean, it's a, it's a shame we've not seen Foz this weekend, and um, you know, it's it's such a shame because you know he's he's such a uh, an asset to everything that um, that we do. Um, you know, I really miss him, but he is actually playing. You know, of the four of us, he's the <laughs> one in the game at the moment. He's doing a bit of mining, so you know, um, and catching up and and redoing, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So you know, he's kind of missed in terms of content too, in terms of uh, of what's there. Um, but otherwise, uh, I, I think, I mean, I've started to get back into to playing some of my older computer games. Um, and I think I'm going to try and get through, apart from my itch uh, 1500, 1700 list, I'm going to try and get through some of the games that I bought over a, a period of time and, you know, and kind of, you know, didn't get a chance to play that I liked them and I kind of then didn't, didn't get through. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's going to be a great thing. You've been doing a lot with Tabletop Simulator, haven't you, Chris? Yeah, it's been good. It's been interesting. Um, it's funny because when lockdown sort of started, people were sort of suggesting to me about playing board games online. And I was very slow to come to it because, you know, in terms of, I suppose because for me, like, board gaming is one of the times when I see my friends. Um mm. So it kind of seemed like a bit of a, a kick in the teeth for suddenly board gaming to become another thing that I'd sit at the computer to do. Mm. Um, but actually after a few weeks, I did get into it and it's, I mean, to me, it's not, it's not the same as board gaming and it's not the same as getting together with people, but it is definitely better than not doing it at all. Mm. Um, I've had a difference. I've had experiences of a couple of different things. One of which is, you know, tabletop simulator on steam, which mm. is for those of you who don't know it, um, it's basically a 3d environment where you just have the components from the board game as objects. 
So it doesn't run anything for you unless the person scripted it. You you know you have to know how to play the game in order to do it. It's not a it's not a it's not a digital adaptation. Um, and the other one is Board Game Arena, which is definitely something that I recommend if you have more casual friends that want to get together for a board game because this this provides the board games for you as a as a web page. You know, and it's all scripted and the game the game runs. I mean, the downside of it is the choice of games is a lot lower. Mm. Um, but it is, you know, it is much more straightforward uh, for, for, you know, for a more casual audience. So um, for those of you interested, I am actually running um, some board games this weekend. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet. If you go to tinyurl.com forward slash lavecon 2020 BG, uh, I've got some slots to sign up for some games uh, with me. There's a couple today that use Tabletop Simulator. So if you have Tabletop Simulator and you want to try a couple of games, do come along and see that. In fact, definitely come along and sign up for this evening's game of Betrayal at House on the Hill, partly because it's an excellent game and partly because at the moment I only have one sign-up for that uh, and you can't play it two-player. So I, I, need more people for, <laughs> I need more people for Betrayal. Um, for those are, you, are you the murderer or am I the murderer? Or are you the murderer? <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, am I the murderer? Yeah, yeah. So I'll try, I'll, try and sell it. I'll try and sell it a little bit. Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill is a... It's a classic um, of board gaming. You basically, it's kind of, if you imagine like Scooby-Doo become a, as a board game, and they have actually done a Scooby-Doo edition of Betrayal House on the Hill, which I, which I really have to look into. Um, but you start off, you're all exploring this creepy house and picking up items and looking for clues. But then at a certain point in the game, a thing called The Haunt begins, which actually introduces what you have to do to win the game. But what's fascinating about that is that it's one of your own players that triggers it. And then another one of your other players might actually end up becoming the bad guy. So the rest of you are now fighting against one of, you know, one of your team and you have, you have opposing objectives. It's an excellent game. Um, uh, is saying, am I repeating myself for anyone else? I don't know if that's technical repeating or if it's just that I do repeat myself. (laughs) the other game that I'm running is it's around it's after this it's around about five o'clock ish I think I can't tell you remember um, but I've got signups for Burgle Brothers which is a uh, cooperative four player bank heist game uh, it's very cool got that kind of like Ocean's Eleven type 1960s um, art style uh, it's basically for, for anyone who's ever watched my Twitch streams of the game Invisible Ink it's Invisible Ink as a board game. It's, you know, you're moving around, you're trying to avoid guards, you're trying to open safes and get items. It's a good time. Um, for those of you who might want to play a game that don't have Tabletop Simulator or, you know, I'm, I'm sure talking to this crowd, you've all got PCs capable of running it. Um, but if, you know, for any reason, you, Tabletop Simulator not for you, I am running tomorrow lunchtime a game of Stone Age on Board Game Arena, uh, which is a great kind of Sunday lunchtime game. It's a very, it's a classic worker placement game. Uh, basically building a, a little um, Neolithic village. It's cool. It's good. So those are the things I'm doing. So yeah, head to that, tinyurl.com forward slash lavecon2020bg. Um, it is first come, first served, but I will I will get in contact with the people that will fill in with that. And yeah, as someone things pointed out in chat, I believe Tabletop Simulator is 50% off everything at the moment. So the base game is um, seven forty nine. And quite a lot of the DLC, which I won't be using for the games today. The games I'm going to be using are both mods. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of things on there. I have actually, if we had more time, I've picked up Scythe and I've picked up, um, what's the other one I picked up? 
Oh, something else. Oh, the captain is dead, which is great. But we don't have time for those this weekend. They're slightly longer. It's worth it's worth pointing out, I think, with Tabletop Simulator that actually the majority of stuff that you end up playing is the stuff in the workshop. Yeah. You don't tend, uh, don't tend to get the official products. No. Because loads of people have created versions of different games in the workshop. And, yeah. um, I mean, I we tried Firefly, and I love Firefly as a game. Trying it over Tabletop Simulator... It was it was fine for me, Ooh. but if you've got one person, because the the version that um, that this person in the workshop had made was so photo realistically good, the bandwidth requirement for that for one of the individuals was just too much for his internet. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of so we then we we restarted and we we said okay, let's try something a bit simpler. So we picked up um, the 1984 edition of Axis and Allies, which is oh, yeah. of you know when I have a more modern edition here. But, um, you know, obviously you can, you know, four of us could jump straight into that. But then, of course, your problem is, and you have to make sure of this, is if you go for a nostalgic favorite that you used to play with all your schoolmates, if you've got one friend who wasn't one of your schoolmates and has never played the game before, and after about half an hour goes, look, I didn't choose to play Japan, and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being kicked, you know, why, why, why you know? This isn't fun. None of this is fun, you know. So, so yeah, you do have to kind of, uh, kind of think carefully. And obviously, quite a lot of the mechanics of '80s board games are quite, uh, quite punishing. You know, they didn't uh, necessarily think about the whole experience. They were all about the win and the loss. You know, in terms of what's there. So, yeah, you know, I mean, um, I, I do think Tabletop Simulator is a, a great tool. I, it, it kind of, it's one of those ones that you look at and you kind of start thinking about what you can do and, <laughs> oh, wow I this and, I can make, and then i go oh no i could lose my life in here you know yeah. because you know as a kid i used to sit and this was said last night actually i think um i think uh, some of the people on the chat said this last night i used to sit and make board games out of cardboard as a kid you know i used to go and you know get empty boxes and draw draw hex squares on them and and, and straight squares on them and and kind of make all the you know different stuff and of course, tabletop simulator is that, mm. but it's better and it looks good, you know. And so you've got this kind of sandbox to to kind of make something, and you're like, oh man, I could make, yeah, yeah, that could be could be my whole life. And um, I can see it being amazing for like collaborative prototyping, because mm. instead of just sitting and making this prototype on your own, actually suddenly yeah. you could get a few people around the table with you and just spawn components and just say, like, what happens if we try it like this? I, I thought about doing Jupiter Skies like that, you know, mm. using Tabletop Simulator and making, you know, making some of the sets. And, and I mean, I've, you know, I've made, I've made locations in Roll20. So essentially I've got, um, you know, I've got 2D graphics, top-down kind of roguelike graphics that you can just drop into Roll20. And, and I know, you know, from friends who are, who are RPGing, they're basically, that's what they're doing with lots of set resources. But I, you know, I made my own. Using campaign photographer, incidentally. Ah, oh, uh, cool. <laughs> I own, and um, you know, uh, having those locations, it just adds, you know. And then I was looking at, at, you know, once I'd done a little bit of that, I was looking at tabletop simulator and going, oh, oh, I could, it could all be three D, and we could we could rotate around it. <laughs> and it's like, how are you going to design all of that, Alan? That's going to take you ages, <laughs> ages, you know. So yeah. Tough stuff, tough stuff. Mm. But, you know, 
it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it is the things that it, um, okay. So we're coming up to the, the end of the hour. Um, you know, we've done what we always do in that we've sat here and just witted, right. You know, um, <laughs> that, that you guys would like to, you know, to, to sort of, um, mention in relation to, to LaveCon this year and in relation to, to Elite Dangerous and, uh, and our, uh, our lovely community. Is there, are there any things that, um, that you wanted to, to kind of highlight? Uh, not really. Uh, I just let you know, Chris, I've just signed up for your, one of your board games tonight. Yay! You'll have at least three of us. Excellent. So. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. John will be the haunt. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's, uh, I mean, we, we kind of do these love-ins about the, the Elite Dangerous community. It still is the best game community I've ever been involved with. Um, and I think, and it's amazing just how <laughs> talking from the point of view of someone who doesn't play the game all that often, it's always amazing to me how much fun it is to still be involved in the elite community, even when you don't mm. actually play, you know, the game itself. Um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the Spider-Mind stream, you know, earlier, and it's kind of inspired me to, to dig out, you know, the EDRPG again and, and, and get playing by people because it's a world that I love. And I think, um, bizarrely, I actually completely forgot to back the Kickstarter, but I'm um, having played it, you know, at LaveCon last year and hearing them talk about it again. I'm like, I really should pick up battle cards because, you know, uh, the ability to play with those ships, but not have to do it in real time <laughs> is probably, is probably up my street. So yeah, it's just, I think that's the thing. That's, that's what I love about the elite community is it's, it's about so much more than necessarily what you're doing in, in, in the digital game. Um, that that's, you know, and I think, and that hasn't changed this year. I think it's a massive shame. We can't all meet up, um, properly, mm. but you know, people are still there and people are still chatting and, you know, we're doing other things and it's, it's amazing. I love the, I love the little innovations, you know, and not, not the ones that necessarily that are coming from the, the games company. It's, it's actually, it's more about the, the things that people have just thought about and come up with, mm. you know, because, and, and the three of us are all like-minded in this, in that John will, John will write some some little computer game that just thrashes around and does does kind of multiplayer stuff. And you sit there going, this is really good fun. You know, when he did, um, you know, um, Wire, Wiz, um, Wire Wars, you know, it was really good fun. And, he, you know, he just sort of has this mind that kind of kind of turns to that. And then you'll 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 put something together that kind of you know that kind of you just go oh wow that's really really cool you know in terms of what's there and i i kind of try you know and it, you know i kind of kind of make this or make that and I, I just love the fact that it's it's the same it's not just us there's a whole bunch of people that uh you know that, that are like this in terms of what's there just seeing some of the paintings you know seeing some of the um some of the board game stuff that people have put together in the past, some of the RPG stuff, some of the just, you know, coming up with something and just going, Oh, well, you know, I thought I'd try a little bit of this. And, you know, well, we had this idea, you know, with, with voice attack, you know, with, with um, the, the ED tracker, you know, with, with all of these different things over the years that have come out of this, it's just lovely to have this kind of, you know, quite courteous and polite community that, supports people who have ideas and just kind of go, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. Oh, that's really cool. Um, why don't you do this, 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 or this? You know, and that, I think that's I think that's the strength of, of what's there. Um, you know, that's the stuff I love. And that's, 
that's mostly you know what I, I love about LaveCon every year in terms of just just coming in and and absorbing all of that. There you go, is my loving. Yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> I think you both said it, so I don't know if there's anything I can really add. To that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you both monologued it beautifully. What can I say? Um, <laughs> I. You know, I, I, I do miss the meeting out because, as you say, um, I actually have played Elite a couple of months ago, got back into it. I was, you know, I, I do it in like fits and starts where I kind of like jump in and then I'll play it solid every night for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think I think I was worried about, am I going to have enough money for whenever they release an expansion that I actually do really, really want to play? Um, I, you know, will I have the cash I need to do whatever I want? So. Every so often I go in and grind. As I said, carriers didn't really grab me, so um, I haven't been back on for that. But I will eventually uh, be back, especially with this Odyssey stuff. Um, but um, just to go back to the LaveCon stuff, I, I do miss touching base with well, you guys in particular, but um, everybody else as well. Okay, so I think that kind of concludes our hour. Um, Thanks, chaps. So thank you to John and uh, thank you to Chris. Um, I'm going to sign us off here because uh, Grant, I know, is, is, is well aware that uh, our schedule starts to get a little packed. So um, thank you to everyone who, who chose to join us and, uh, and listen to us ramble about uh, a bunch of disparate things. Um, if, you, if you can't fly safe today, then try to fly socially distantly, responsibly, and also <laughs> fly dangerous. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. Thank you.